Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Hey guys, I'm JT. Hey guys, I'm Joey. And today we're talking about mat bullies, how to deal with them and improve your gym culture. Now, here's the thing. We're all aware of it. There, there's bullying everywhere in every facet of life. And, and that might have been the reason why you came to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm going to learn some skills, stick up for myself. I'm going to take that guy down and choke him out. I'm going to be the bully. <laughs> I can bully the bully. Sad irony. But then you can come to jiu-jitsu and then you see some things. You're like, oh, is that, is that allowed? Is that, is that part of jiu-jitsu? And I'll speak from experience. It definitely happens earlier in the game, I feel. And once you learn what jiu-jitsu is about and you get some more skills, you, you can stick up for yourself more. There is a degree of the rules of the jungle where it's like, as a white belt, I got, yeah, I got picked on. Like senior belts being particularly rough with me to try and kind of put me in my place. But then I've also seen people, not higher rank, like just another white belt who is bigger and stronger, bullying a smaller white belt. Just just being mean to them for the sake of being mean to them. You're like, that's not, that's no, no one's getting better from that. That doesn't enhance the experience. Um, have you seen anything like this, Joe, or experienced anything like this? Yeah, I've, I guess I've seen a little bit of sort of bullying culture in gyms. And I've, and we're talking about it before, I feel like I have had a couple of experiences over the years that, you know, if I look at them objectively, they were bullying or attempts to bully me. Yep. But, and this is, you know, we're sort of talking about how I've always been kind of privileged to be pretty strong and athletic. And so even when I was a beginner at jujitsu, and, and also I'm a male, right? Yes, exactly. Because of all those things, the attempts at bullying were kind of like just a challenge for me. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm fucking bring it with this this person. Yeah, but that's or, but that's also your mindset. Well, you, that's me. You, you yeah. have like that's, quite a tough mindset. That's right. So you're like, oh, okay, game on. Exactly. Whereas for someone else, that might feel quite threatening. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of people in jujitsu where yeah, that could really be putting them off, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe they don't. That doesn't vibe with them. Maybe the bullying was, you know, like we're talking about what the instances were. Sure. You know, we said like in Brazil, I had my thong stolen. Yep. I had my water drunk from my bag. You know, yep. you come to your bag after training, like my bottle's here, but it's empty. Yeah. You know, or you know, where are my fucking thongs? You know, and um, little things like that that you're like, oh, that's funny. That's a, that's that's training in Rio. Yeah. When in reality, like someone could be really, someone might already be feeling a bit insecure. Oh, fuck, I'm. I'm new to the game. I'm, I'm traveling. I'm going to go visit a gym, and then that happens, and then you're like, "But well, what if what if that's Australia, Joe?" You well, know, that's if, exactly right. Right. Yeah, and you know, so so it can it can play out in so many ways, and I'm very and I'm aware of that. I suppose the other side of it is, yeah, you see those people that that kind of thrive on the power mm-hmm. that they possess on the mats, and whether that's because they're a higher ranked belt, which means that they do get a special place in the hierarchy of jujitsu. Yep. Which, you know, it's a very unique environment in that it still maintains an old school power structure. Yep, hierarchy, for better or for worse, right? Maybe they're not particularly high up in that, but maybe they are really big and physical. Yes. And maybe they are just able to put smash on people. Yeah. And they're, the, you know, sometimes those people, I think they're the ones that, 
They don't show up to training all that often. They come in about like once every couple of weeks. Yeah. And you can tell that they've been Jean up at home. They're like, I'm just going to come in and fuck up everyone that does jujitsu here. Yeah. And, you, you know, they're not really committed to the team. And, and you get that vibe. You're like, all right, this person is using this place for a different purpose. For an outlet. That's right. And, it, and like a proving ground, yeah. kind of like an ego boost. And then they, you know, fuck then off they... back to MMA or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. I, I see guys who aren't even, they're not even tough enough for MMA where they, they have like two hard rolls and they're like no no no, i'm done no i'm tired like no i'm good no i've my bird shoulder now they've given everyone else a bad shoulder yeah they're like no no i'll just sit and watch yeah and you're like dude don't be a coward like i need to get it back well you're gonna get <laughs> well no it's not, not even for me like you you will get tired and then maybe that person who isn't as big and strong as you will they'll get you back but they're too and i'm not afraid to call someone i, I will i will say to someone you are being cowardly you are lacking courage to take a beating. Like, because, oh, you haven't got enough fitness? Good. Get fit. Take a beating. Like, that's the good thing in jujitsu. That is your dose of humility. You didn't just come here for an ego stroke. Like, that's, that's my take on Because I have to do it to myself psychologically too. Yeah. There's sometimes where I get tired and I'm like, oh, like I don't, don't want to. I want to rest round, you know? Yeah. But it's like, nah, I've got I've to just wheel myself into the fire. And if it, if it goes bad, then that's... That's on me, you know. More like this, there was two two things that happened to me, which were really clear. One time as a white belt, which was pretty brutal, and then another time uh, as a purple belt, which, which was also very brutal. But I was like more accepting. I won't name the guy. He he knows who he is, and subsequently, would he be listening? I don't know if he'd be listening, but someone who knows him is definitely listening. Mm. Uh, he was a purple belt. Name him. He used to teach morning class where I used to train. I was a white belt. And he used to like baseball bat chokes, really brutal baseball bat chokes. And I had no game as a white belt, none. But I was tough, hard to submit, but I would invariably get submitted. This guy swept me and baseball bat choked me. Now, if you know what a baseball bat choke is, guys, you know it's much more of a crush. Like it's just a throat crush more than an actual choke. But if the person holds it long enough and switch like cinches it in, they'll put you out. I tapped, dude held it a bit longer and really choked me and he let go. Then the second time he put me unconscious. And like I came, same role? Yeah, same role. Yep. And then I came to and then he, uh, he did exactly the same thing. Swept me and like, you know, I was getting pretty, not hazed, but I wasn't getting better. Swept me, did the same thing and put it on super hard and put me out again. But when I came to, I was crying uncontrollably. Like, I don't know if anyone's experienced this, but you've got a whole bunch of nerves around your neck. It, uh, getting choked out is not an issue to me. I don't mind. It doesn't actually bother me. I actually find a little bit of brain death. I get kind of happy. I'm like, oh, you choked me probably, out. Probably well, relaxed for once. Well done, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. No. But no, I, I just, I came to and I was just crying uncontrollably. Shit. And he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm, fi- I'm fine. <laughs> keep going. He was like, nah, we should stop. I'm like, no, keep, keep going. I just, yeah, come on. And it was really hard because I just couldn't stop myself from crying. I want to keep rolling. I didn't want to give up. And he baseball choked me again. He, he did it again. Me, he didn't put me out, but he did it again. And he just didn't give it. He had just had that dead eye stare. And I was like, that's rough, man. Like, God. And I, I tried to talk to someone else about it. They're like, yeah, he always does that. I was like, really? I'm new. Like, I'm new to this gym. That, uh, that, I don't want to roll with that guy anymore. Like I have no answers for that. And I felt like that was a bit unfair because my throat hurt for more than a week later. Yeah. That'll like, bruise your shit. Crushed my throat. 
And I just, I just thought that was so unnecessary. Funny thing was, uh, this guy loves Marcelo Garcia. And I was like, oh, man, I, I, I got, a, got a chance to do Marcelo's um, seminar. And I was like, when I came back, I just wanted to share with him. You know, at that time, by the time I'd come back, I think I was a purple belt. And, you know, here's a black belt. And I said, oh, I'll come to your class. And, hey, we can have a rock and show you the stuff I learned. Because he's like, Marcelo, Marcelo, he's all over Marcelo's nuts. I was like, man, I learned this from Marcelo. And he's like, sure. I went to the morning class. He didn't roll would not roll me, refused to roll me, and has subsequently never rolled me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ducked you ever since. <laughs> Ducked me ever since. He knows. He knows. We both know. He's a coward. He's a bully. And he doesn't want his comeuppance. And maybe he's mellowed. You know, it's like those assassin movies where it's like Kill Bill. Oh, in a previous life you used to kill people, but now you've got a family yeah. and you want to chill. No, nah, I remember what you did, homie. <laughs> <laughs> You're on my list. If I ever get that opportunity, you're getting the baseball bat and choke him dead. <laughs> but that's the hard thing, right? Because I know this from a kid because I got bullied as a kid. Often bullied kids become bullies. It's a behavior that you learn. Oh, that's how you use power. That's yeah. how you keep power. And it's bad. It's really terrible for the gym. It's just, it's bad to, for people to go, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, ba- it's bad on multiple fronts, isn't it? So many. The gym, the individual, the sport. Yeah, and I look, you know, I never forgot it, but I'm also a tough human. It didn't stop me going to jujitsu. It put a fire in me to go, I want to get that guy. Whereas I know that maybe someone else would be like, this isn't for me. That's a whole nother level of terrible. But that actually isn't as much as getting choked as part of jujitsu. It doesn't have to be that way. No, not at all. We'd be remiss to not mention that there is, uh, there's a, a power struggle or an abuse of power in jiu-jitsu and, and it's, you know, it's, it's worldwide, right? It's not just jiu-jitsu, but in terms of uh, in that situation where it's a higher belt, just like being way too over the top in there, you know, in how hard they're going with a lower belt. But then as we know, and if anyone's been following this on social media, it's pretty big. Sexual abuse is also a huge thing in jiu-jitsu. And True. From, a, from a bullying perspective, that definitely fits into the same category. Oh. It the is worst. A, it, yeah, and it is, a, you know, it's, it's something that we're not particularly qualified to talk on. However, I do think that it's really good that more people are talking about it. It needs to be acknowledged. Yeah, there's some really cool Instagram accounts. BJJ Avery, I think, okay. is, is one of them. She's a, she's a journalist. She used to write for, I can't remember which online publication it was, yeah. but she talks a lot about, like, the statistics, and she was super all over the, the fight sports saga yep. um, and very vocal about the yes. reality of sexual abuse in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But I do think it's, uh, it's just worth mentioning because, you know, for folks listening, say JT and I, athletic, coming from a sports background, sure. don't mind getting roughed up, male, sure. going into a jiu-jitsu environment, we're not going to be typical targets, no. right, for any kind of bullying. No. Versus we look at a lot of the people that do jiu-jitsu, a lot of our counterparts, a lot of our students, a lot of you guys who we know who listen to the show – not necessarily coming from the same place as us. No. You might be female. You might not have an athletic background. You might be a lightweight in yeah, a good gym. that's right. You, you know, and then there's which gym do you train at? Every gym is different. So there's, there's so much nuance to it. It's more than likely, like if you've suffered something like that, oh. then guaranteed someone else has. Oh, definitely. Right? I think the toughest thing is that depending on whether you're in the US, you're in the UK, Australia, you know, it's... It doesn't matter. You could you could be in Brazil or you could be somewhere in Asia. The culture of the gym and the openness of the uh, instructor, head instructor, the gym owner to talk or even discuss this because that's been one of the things I think 
which has been brought up or been made more apparent within discussions about sexual harassment and things like this is that the gym owner just didn't want to acknowledge it. So maybe it wasn't the gym owner, it was an instructor, but they're like, no, 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 he's okay. It's like, no, that's that believe this person. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not a takedown job. This person's trying to tell you there's something wrong here. That's a red flag. Mm. We don't want to go into this too heavily because it's not necessarily the realm of our experience. Other than I have been slapped in the face with a dick in a BJJ change room. <laughs> Sorry. Man, this Liv. is the first I heard of this just before the show. I was like, I brother, tell me I what went down. I told this story. I actually did. I actually, I, pretensions to do comedic stand-up, whatever. I actually told this story on an open mic. I got some laughs. Did you try and apply submissions to the dick and then you're like, holy shit, this thing is so placid, I can't, I can't even, the submissions no. don't work. I see, it's, it's so strange to me. because I, I think actually Australia is a, a fairly prudish culture in comparison to, say, Brazil. Prudish, yeah. did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't, don't, you know, don't want to show you – genitals to anyone or like you know guys are just getting naked in the showers and walking around the change room and yeah you know big and small everyone's just out and proud you know yeah and i knew that the showers get really chocked up and i so i got off the mat real quick got in the shower as soon as i can so i'm getting changed right around the time when guys are coming off the mat getting changed to get into the shower you know if you're listening to this male or female you have an awareness of where your sexual parts are like if you're a woman you know where your boobs are you know, if you bump your boob in something. If you're a guy, you, you know, if you accidentally hit your dick on something, like, you know, you've got awareness. Yeah. You've got, a, you've got an awareness of where Yeah, yeah, that where, thing lives with you 24-7. You, you know, you're sensitive. Yeah. So anyway, this, I won't name the guy. Anyway, whatever. It, I don't think it was particularly malicious, but it was definitely, it was something. He was just having a conversation with some guy on the other side of the change room and I had leant forward to tie my shoes. So I'm, you know. I'm down Took like himself this. to the danger zone. I was, I was well in the danger zone. <laughs> Gentleman was well hung. He turned and swung and I'm telling you, the tip of his dick hit me in the head <laughs> and he acted like nothing happened. And I was like, God damn. I just got the fuck out of the changer. I just I got, grabbed my stuff and I left and I just was like, he had to know. That's bullshit. Like, but yeah. he just acted like nothing happened. He just turkey slapped me. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it, man. I was like. That was wrong. He did me wrong. And it's like no one ever talked about it. And I was just like, I can't, I can't even believe like it just shocked me. And and if look, anyone else could have felt like, oh, being sexually harassed. Look, it's I'm a, a rough and tumble human. I don't care really. But it really shocked me. And I've seen I've seen some pretty terrible things in, in male change rooms. Men are the worst. But obviously, when it comes to someone forcing themselves on another person. It's totally different. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, this is banter. Because I've seen some of the most savage banter, but then I've seen some pretty bad antics. Like, for example, someone taking someone's training bag, opening it, putting it in the shower and running water on it. That's pretty ruthless. That's, that's wrecked. Yeah. Like, I didn't see That's the some p- high school shit. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's like first year trade school bullshit. Like, I didn't see the person do it, but I saw a disagreement. Like, I saw banter that went, a bit too far. Right. And then that person who was on the wrong side of it leave training early and then someone else's bag is in the shower. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, we, we laugh about it, but like you're trying to get Said changed. shit about my mum, your bag gets soaked. <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you want to get changed or whatever and suddenly all your clean gear and everything. Like we all know it's like to have a drink bottle go sideways oh, in your Yeah, bag. that's just fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. Yeah. That is absolutely like i feel like that's stepping over the line someone might go well that's that's nothing that's just you know 
there could be so many examples of shit that could happen, right? Sure. And things that people had done to them. And, and I think that like when you think of something like that, like where banter's gone wrong, whatever, we know like it's a very heated environment on the mats, particularly when you're rolling very competitively. You know, if it's, if it's an advanced session or it's a comp session, everyone's really getting after it. It's, yeah, things are at that level where they can cross a threshold. Definitely. You know, into a zone. And it's, and it's kind of the onus is on the individuals who are in that environment to manage themselves and in a responsible way, there's a huge responsibility on the academy owner or the head coach. To be able to recognize. Yeah, isn't there? To, to be like, all right, you guys fucking cool it down. Like, yes. you know, or so-and-so, man, tone it back when you're rolling with, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's a girl that's 30 kilos lighter than you. Like, yeah. don't bring your fucking A game. I think it's very like, different between, say, you and me, like not even just you and I, but if I'd say two, two grown adults male or female of an equal size just bang slanging and banging fine like you know it's a war it's jiu-jitsu but if you've got somebody who is significantly bigger just putting physical smash on someone who's weaker smaller and has no ability like they are they have no power to be able to defend themselves and they're either getting injured or just hazed you know just just the thing which is not jujitsu technique, it doesn't make their jujitsu better. It doesn't make your jujitsu better. Someone getting a kick out of making someone else suffer, that's terrible. Like, that's bullying. Yeah. And I think sort of further to like beyond the physical side of how they're actually engaging in the training, there's always signs that this shit's going to boil over outside of training. Yeah. Like I'm sure with the bag wedding situation, there were signs in the academy that, someone, that these two had beef. Yeah. You know, because they're like making jabs at each other or, you know, yelling or whatever it is, right? And you can yeah. see it like sometimes like people finish a roll and there might be a couple of little snide remarks. Yeah. And you'd be like, oh, that was a tough one. You know, yeah. and sometimes it ends there, you know, uh, sometimes it doesn't. The onus is on whoever's running that environment, leading it to, to squash that shit, to, yes. for, you know, to bring, hey, Fucking you two, come here. Like that's that's not what this culture is about. Not how we Essentially, do it. yeah, to, to hold the standard of that shit doesn't stand here. I think what we've seen with going back to that sexual abuse case yes. was just a, a non-willingness of the leadership to acknowledge the reality of this shit. Well, actually beyond that, without getting like into proactively the details, protecting the uh, predator yeah. and isolating the victim. That's right. That's and right. Just Which is a, a much worse a, thing than just complete, ignoring to acknowledge. Yeah, com- complete abuse of the situation. I mean, that's a very like that's an ex- it's incredibly extreme. But as we have seen through the media, not so uncommon. Like, no, not at all. Happened in various places in different ways. By the way, just I just checked it. If you want the woman who I mentioned, who's a the journalist, she writes for Jiu-Jitsu Times, BJJ Avery. That's BJJ A V E R I. Check her out on Instagram if you just want to get, you know, up to speed with that. Yep. And particularly the, the case, you know, we're just talking about with Fight Sports. And also and there's a great lady out there called Meg He, who's ah. a, the partner of uh, Mars Ciccarelli. And she is, a, I don't know if she's a journalist by trade. She she, she, she did the eight things that academies can do, do the other day. Yeah. Their culture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's literally Meg, M-E-G dot H-E. And she's like super smart, New Yorker. She's a blue belt, competitive yeah, she's she's awesome. Yeah. Super funny too. She tries to make it light, but she's she's very on point. I guess here at Jungle Brothers, in terms of just the gym in general, feedback is welcomed. So you know, because of the there's such a community here, 
you know, if somebody's like doing something that might be considered a bit dickish or not right, you know, you say, hey, man, like, could you not do that? Or can you not like – Could put you be less of a dick, please? Yeah, just option. You know, it's a choice. Um, maybe you're too close to me or like just respecting people's space or maybe someone just chips in to help you out, like making an effort to do the, um, a nice thing, you know, which, is, which you can do when you're rolling to be merciful. Like don't break the person, don't grab their pinky finger and twist it off, you know, even if they're going to choke you. Maybe cop that choke and don't break their finger. Relevant to jiu-jitsu and, you know, it happens because people feel like maybe someone's rolling them a bit harder than they should. It's communication. So being, have the, being able to have the opportunity to give feedback, say, hey, man, like I'm just – I train twice a week. I'm just here to have fun and learn jiu-jitsu. I don't need you to wrist lock me multiple times. Like, please don't do that. I, I, I have to use my wrist for my job. Yeah. Like, please don't injure me. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I've seen – and I would say that this is actually probably a, a fault of mine. I tend to bully bullies. If I see someone being a mat bully, I turn into the enforcer. And I go over and I beat the bully down and I say, hey, man, that doesn't feel good, does it? That's how you make everyone feel. You need to check that. Now, I have recently revisited this approach because I think it's not the way, but I will have very open, blunt discussions with someone to say, I saw you holding that person in side control, whispering in their ear. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do your jujitsu, man. Don't coach them on how badly they're doing in side control. Like, that's psychological. Like, they can't do anything. They're stuck. You're huge. You're lying on them. Don't have a little combo about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's because it, often I feel like in the chaos of a jujitsu class, the instructor's just trying to make sure everyone, like, no one dies. So sometimes it's hard to pick up on these little things, but I'm acutely aware of it. And I'm always watching how well a bigger human rolls with a smaller human. And I actually think it is a much more superior display of skill if they let them work and, and they're able to still do jujitsu without, you know, squashing them, squashing the life out of them. And I think the, the ability for someone to say, Hey, that's too much. I think that's quite powerful. And I, I know it doesn't exist at most jujitsu gyms. Yeah, I think the, the key thing I sort of picked up there is the, this, this open communication that can go a, any direction. Yeah. Because there's the hierarchy still there, but a white belt can say, you know, whatever they need to say to a higher belt. Mm. Like, Man, fucking, can you go a little bit easier on me? Or that round was a bit too intense. It's not really what I'm about. Yeah. Whatever. Like it's your training session. You've got to make it what you want. The, the, it's the culture of the school or the academy that allows that conversation to take place, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you've got that hardcore, traditional, top-down thing going on, the white belt can't say shit. The white yeah. belt is not even allowed to fucking look at the black belt. Yeah. Like, let tough. alone tell them how they think they should roll. Yeah. How they'd like them to roll. It's like, you're fucking lucky that I acknowledge you. Yeah, man, I got in trouble one time because I didn't understand this hierarchy thing. As a blue belt, like for a new blue belt going to my first ever camp, I called a world champion black belt to roll. <laughs> like, yeah, you, I'm free. Yeah. And he looked at me like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, yeah. I was like, I'm free, you're free. He's like, he just like, get away from, like, he didn't even explain it. I was just like, scared. Oh, you don't want this smoke. <laughs> yeah. well, I just didn't know. You know, I just didn't understand. Another that. one, scared. <laughs> Another one. It, that as a, as a lower belt, I, I didn't understand it within that very traditional setup. I couldn't call a higher belt to roll, even if they were a purple belt. And I just didn't get that. I was uh, like, I'm not I, like, I'm here to roll. You're here to roll. You're not rolling anyone. Shall we? 
That's, that's what I thought. And it was very innocent. I wasn't trying to disrespect that guy. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. I think when you start jujitsu, a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily explained. No, it's not. It's assumed. Like the, the, most gyms will just assume mm. within the culture and it's maybe they get away with it for a while. May, you know, maybe it works out and everyone just gets the picture and it's a small gym and we kind of, you can pick up on the vibe. But yeah. maybe it's a big gym and you've got new people coming in and they're just not getting, you know, it's the, the culture of the place is just all over the shop. It's there's not defined. There's no orientation. You don't yeah, like these, these things that we, I, I would argue, like say um, going back to Meg, he on instagram and she puts out stuff it's like hey if you run an academy here's like six things you can do to um handle you know the potential of sexual abuse in a more responsible manner yes right really good practical takeaways and you see a lot of people commenting oh it's fucking whatever like you could it's basically males who are commenting on it who are like <laughs> that's bullshit it's not like that yeah. uh, you know what are you saying blah blah like just resistance to that right yeah but the thing is if if the, if the leadership of, an, of a team doesn't specify the culture, then the culture would just become whatever be it becomes. Whatever it is. Yeah. That's right. You've got to specify this shit. So, you know, case in point, we have a, a poster on the wall that's like rules of the dojo. Yeah. And it's very simple. And there's like 10, 15 things that we thought of that we're like, yeah, we want new people to know this shit. Yes. Whereas if it's not said there, how, do you, how can you expect them to know? That's right. I'll, you know, I'll give a counterpoint to the bullying piece relevant yes. to me, and I'm, I'm sure this would be that you would have experienced this too, which is I can look back at a lot of my earlier years as a white and blue belt where I was just like spazzing 1,000% going as hard as possible, no technique. Yes. You know, just a mid-20-year-old on like pure adrenaline. Going, going mental. Testosterone. And uh, – uh, you know, homegrown testosterone, uh, <laughs> just to be clear. Um, but, you know, just going for it. Yes. And people tried to tell me over the years, man, you should tone it down a bit. Just like, slow down, yeah. Try to use a little bit less strength, blah, 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 like that. And I, for a long time, I just didn't hear it. Don't kill my vibe. Yeah, right. But what's important to recognize is if I bring that energy to another guy who's a blue or purple belt, yeah, maybe a little bit less tolerant. Maybe they've been, been in the game for a while. Well, they obviously have been because they're higher up the belt system. Um, and I start to give them a bit of a hard time. They're going to put some smack down on me. Oh, yeah. Because they're going to be like, well, I'm going to fucking settle you, young you cub. you got to pipe down. Yeah. So, you know, so that's when they start to get heavy. I can come away from that and be like, that guy was irresponsible because he came at me heavy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just a white belt and look what he did to me. He choked yeah. me really hard. Yeah. When in reality, it's like, well, yeah, there's an onus on me to control how I show up in a situation. For sure. Uh, well, sorry, there's an onus on them, right? But there is also an onus on me. True. You know, and I think that uh, it can, you, can, you often don't realize that until after and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, fuck, I was antagonizing that person for, <laughs> you know, for weeks, like just being a fucking idiot on the yes. mats. And then this one day they decided to lay down some law. Yeah, and I can definitely, I, I mean, I can speak to that. I am that guy. If you, I will match you. If you come at me at whatever you think 100% is, guaranteed it's not my 100%, but I'll match that. I might even raise you a little, you know? Like I can, I can, I can share with you or you can just grunt and bull charge me and you're going to get a fist in the throat. I'm going to give you that Ezekiel. I'm going to give you that nice tight Ezekiel and it's going to just be a slow motion throat punch. Like because it's like, mate, like – I think in any given situation, you can look at it as an opportunity to learn. If, if you are a four-stripe white belt and you're really tough for a white belt and you're like, I'm coming for the throne 
and they're a black belt and it's me, that's not the best way for you to get those new skills. I want to share. Like, you know, I, I love being able to have a good role and then afterwards go, hey, man, instead of this, do that. Or you know how you were there, you were so close to this. And if somebody is uh, open to it and they, they roll, you know, with a degree of consideration, they're not shin kicking you in the face and then elbowing you and just pulling your fingers around and doing all the little dirty trick things that they know are probably not the right thing to do. You just got to think it's a relationship. And if you act irresponsibly, you're not going to form good relationships. And, and we're going to be doing this thing for a long time. But what's interesting is when you get somebody who floats from gym to gym and is not really, you know, at one gym or has a lot of friends or whatever, and they haven't worked out that the problem is not the gym. The problem is, is them. You yeah. know, if everybody's a bastard, maybe we've got to have a look in the, have a look in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a tough call because I'm not, I'm not saying this from harsh judgment if you feel you're misunderstood and you haven't found the gym where you fit in, but you've got to work with what you've got. And, and you know, if the gym's not right for you, sure, leave. But oftentimes if you find that a lot of the exchanges you're having in roles are really a negative or really hyper-aggressive, maybe you are being too rough. And if you don't know, if you're not sure how to change that, it is worth asking your coach, I don't get it. You know, every time I roll, everybody wants to beat me up. Am I doing the wrong thing? Is it them? Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you. Yeah, they'll let yeah. you know. You know, so that is, as a piece of advice kind of applies to, say, the young you or me. Sure. Right? Who's, like, young and athletic and going for it. What, do you, what, are we, what, can, what can we impart on, say, smaller individuals early in the game, particularly females or yes. small guys who are, who are coming into a physical environment already – like, you know, because they're not, they're not as big as other people in the gym. They're like, all right, they're already lower down on the size thing. Um, what's – like how does someone like that approach this situation if they feel like bullying is a thing? I, I think the most important thing you can do as, a, as someone who maybe isn't as strong as your training partners is it's important to have good defense. So this is just number one. If we're just talking about jiu-jitsu – Really work hard on your defences because there's going to be a lot of time where you're not in a position to win roles, but you need to be able to survive. And I, I witnessed this firsthand with uh, my ex-partner, shout out, Sunny Munn, smallest woman in the gym, 55 kilos, but very flexible. Could, you know, just basically made out of rubber. Could just bend inside out. So she took a lot of beatings. I felt like I was the small guy in the gym where we were and she was 55 kilos. There was no other, there's like one other woman in the gym. And so she, she took a lot of that but she had a very resilient mindset. And I think that it's, it, you have chosen a hard path. If you weigh less than 60 kilos, male or female, and you're going into the average BJJ gym, most people are going to be bigger and stronger than you. The other thing is being able to have a good relationship with the coach. Now, this doesn't mean oh, you've got to suck up or do anything outside of what you think you should do, but you could say to the coach, hey, like, I'm really unsure about this. I don't know. Can you just pair me with people my size? Now, if you're at a big enough gym, sometimes that works. The great thing that we had when we were in absolute, uh, Lockie would split the room. So he'd be like over 70 kilos or over 75 kilos this side, mm. under 75 kilos that side. Yeah. Male or female, it doesn't matter. That's good. So that, that's great. But most people do not have that luxury. 
and you're going to get yeah, gym's not big enough. There's not nah, enough students. You're going to get big Eric versus say Marina or you know like some 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 smaller. Yeah, and it's just like God, oh, that's a mismatch. But I think also as much as you go, oh, you do what you can as an individual. If your coach is just deaf to you, being like, oh, you just got to get better at jujitsu, or just don't be there. That's really not good enough. It is the responsibility of the coach to say to the bigger guys or bigger girls, hey, you know, like back it off. Just roll half speed. Don't injure these people. Don't smash them so hard because they will never get a chance to develop. You know, like I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. If you want to keep students, you've got to give people an opportunity to just learn how to walk. Yeah. And and, and if you're one of those people who's probably – a little bit less, you know, I'm very pro-risk. I'm, I like to get after it. If you're like, oh, I don't want to get my face smashed in. I don't want to get kicked in the groin. I don't want to just get small joint injuries. Talk to the coach. Find allies. I think that's important too. Having a training partner who you know you can go with and they understand you, you understand them. And so you get a good portion of time working with them, but invariably you're going to end up rolling those bigger people. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's some really solid practical advice there. Being able to have a conversation with your coach about it is, is huge and should be a given, although it's not for a lot no. of folks. The other part I was thinking about as you were talking on that was the culture of the gym. If the gym is full of people that you find like bringing bad energy, like bringing bullyish kind of energy or just whatever, you're not vibing with them, that is also speaking to the culture of the place. And then a good example of that is, when any, whenever anyone comes to this gym, Jungle Brothers, the people will often comment, and there's, there's no douchebags here. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, well, we've kind of built it that way. You know, yeah. there's this process that people have to go through in order to join it, and it takes a bit of time, and you really got to commit, and it just is not the kind of process that someone who's a douchebag wants to go through. True. And, you know, also what we put out in our marketing, they kind of realize like, fuck, I'm probably going to be exposed. You know, like it, there's a whole bunch of little things that happen behind the scenes to make it so that everyone that's in this building is cool. Yes. And that's how when people are in there, like, the fucking gym's so awesome, man. Everyone here's so cool. Good vibe. And you get this at Jiu-Jitsu Academies. You go to Alliance, right, where we train. Everyone's like, fuck, the gym's awesome because Adam's a legend. He's nice everyone guy. in there's a legend. Yep. You know, it's, it, it keeps that culture. Yeah. So you, if you're at a place where you're like, whatever encounter encountering bullying it's probably a place out there where you don't have to put up with that shit yeah and that again would come down to how the leadership runs the joint true and, and i think this is just a side note because i i was saying to joe the other day generally if you don't train jujitsu i don't respect you uh i give you human respect like you're a human i respect you i'm not gonna you know like if, if you're in trouble i would try to help you you still love your mum? yeah oh mate Oh, do I? I'm a mummy's boy. I don't know what you're talking about. She doesn't train jits. Oh. She shouldn't respect her. She can wrestle, but <laughs> she just, she, man. She She's got good you, takedowns. Bro, she gets you in a headlock. She'll crush her <laughs> neck off with her bicep, bro. That's where I get it from. My dad's skinny as hell. I get these muscles from my mum. <laughs> but um, shout out to my dad, skinny man runner. Um, no, I think it's one of those things that I really respect people in jiu-jitsu because it is a hard path. And if you're a smaller human even more respect because mm. it is so much – I mean, it's, it's hard when you're big and strong. It's even harder if you're s- smaller and, and maybe not as strong. But w- what, I, what I'd say in, in regard to that is you have to have such mental fortitude to stay in this thing and get good at it because there's going to be so many days where you get absolutely just destroyed 
and you did everything right and you still got destroyed. Yeah. For you to then go, I'm going to do that again. That's bloody tough. So that, that's that lightweight person who just keeps showing up and showing up and getting better regardless of the beatings, that is a very uh, special individual because I don't think most people have that. That's why when you go into a gym, you don't see a gym full of lightweights. You don't. Like I, it's kind of a bell curve, right? Like the percentage of people who are under 60 kilos versus someone who's about 70-ish, 80-ish, and then there's not that many you would hope <laughs> you walk into a gym and it's just, we only take people over a hundred kilos. Yeah. That's a scary gym, but they do exist. Essentially if, and, and you know, don't, don't take this the wrong way. Anyone out there, if you're not sure about jujitsu and you've just started and you're dipping your toe and you found this podcast, one of the most important things you can do. Turn and run away while you still have a chance. <laughs> just go. mental resilience you've got to have a degree of mental toughness because you've chosen something difficult but it's worth it it's rewarding but it 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 can be very challenging absolutely so so that mental toughness piece which is i mean obviously i'm not i'm not saying just take beatings and that's fine you need to get better at jujitsu so you're getting less beat up but ultimately understand it's not as simple as i told the coach for them to go light on me and then I'd go light on me. I'm still getting cross-faced. Cross-facing is part of jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu is freaking rough. Like, let's not forget what we're doing here. You know, like... Yeah, I, stack passing. Stack, but man. head arm stuff. Like, Mate, you're going to lose yeah. skin cells to the gee, facial grazes. Yeah, it's, it's not gentle at all. Like, they, they, they try and market it as a gentle art, but it's really it's quite brutal. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great point. Like, at the end of the day, this whole thing is very nuanced. There is bullying, but there's also an onus on you. There's a responsibility of your coach. You should talk to them, but you should also be able to talk to your teammates. You should also be reviewing, you know, am I showing up in the right way? Is this the place that I want to train at? Like there's so much to it. And then also this overarching acknowledgement that like, yeah, this sport is highly physical and it's not necessarily going to be particularly enjoyable. And it may not be for you. Yes. You know? If you're not into the, if you're not into the rough life, like – Though I, I do echo what you said like that, um, you know, it's been, we talk about and how rough it is for us as black belts, you yes. know, 90 odd kilos yeah. strong. And then you're like, holy shit, man. Imagine being a fucking 55 kilo, you know, like a female. Monica. Yeah. Monica, right? She's probably less than 55 kilos. <laughs> yeah. She's tiny. She always shows up, man. Yeah. She's always keen. And that's right. And, you know, there's, she's an exceptional human and- yeah, I, you, you can imagine it's not every person would be able to show up in the way that she does. Yes. But it like the challenges are so different for someone like that versus someone like us. Of course. That you kind of, you, you got to do what you can to navigate it in the safest way. And I, I feel like this, guys, if you see someone who's a bully and you, you can see it a mile away usually, you're like, oh, what's that guy doing? That's weird. Why do they always do that? You know. Like Jiu-Jitsu Karen yeah. in that video the, and she face-palmed the, the girl and then the, the girl triangled the shit yeah, out of her. Did you see that one? Yes. Yeah. It's great. That was a great map, Bobby. It's so good. Getting what they deserve. Get what they deserve. And like you were saying about the MMA guy who comes across and just wants to shadow box you in close guard. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> we're not doing this here. You Leave your gloves to the side, buddy. Uh, we're in the gi. But it, in that instance, ask somebody, say, hey, does that – does that guy do that to you or is that part of what goes on here? Oh, yeah, that's normal. You're like, oh, I don't know. Or even ask the instructor, is it okay to stick your thumb in someone's eye? Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that part cool of it? Cool with that? Is that, 
Yeah, like bring that shit to light. Yeah. Don't don't just kind of accept it and then show up again. But just and, ask the question. Yeah. Be like, uh, are we meant to do this? You know, and you don't have to do it publicly. It's not like you're trying to shame somebody necessarily. Uh, you just mention it on the side. Like, uh, I, I think this is not right. Name it. Call it out. I think that's one of the most important things that even today with all the things that happen, Me Too movement, the exposure of so many things wrong in the society, in this place where we come to jiu-jitsu, we want to have fun and we like to get rough and tumble, it's not a problem to be able to ask the question. And if it is the problem, maybe that's not the gym for you. Yeah, absolutely. I can look back on some of the places I trained at earlier on and it's like you couldn't ask questions like that. You could told to fuck off. Yeah. You know, and then and then you think about it and you're like, oh, well, that's fucked because if someone's actually got a problem, like – How do you address that? That's right. So, you know, generally it's that environment will self-select. Those people will stop coming and the people that will come are the ones that can prevail in that kind of environment. Then you end up with a gym of people who are of that mindset Yeah, and that's the gym that you don't want your – you know, 60 kilogram younger sister to go and start training out when she wants to take up jujitsu. Yeah. Right. Or Like it just, yeah. So it's really important to recognize like each, the, each academy has its own culture. Fucking find the one that suits you. Definitely. Cause guaranteed here, I see you like we have stuff that goes on on the mats at jungle brothers. Yep. People come to you. Yes. JT, that person's gone too hard on me. It's fucked. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let me address this. Yes. You know, and that's exactly how that should work. Indeed. Should be out in the open and people feel comfortable to speak about it. Definitely. I think we'll, um, we'll put a pin in that, man. All right, cool. Guys, uh, thank you. Hey, big news. We are now on Patreon. Get Ooh. on it. Check it out. If you're part of our program, just keep doing the program. We want you to train. But if you're out there and you are like, hey, I don't need to do the training. I just love the show and I'd like to support. You can do that through Patreon. There's a few different tiers there of support. So go and check it out. For anyone that wants to check out the program, use the code BJJ podcast and you get 20% off your first subscription payment, which is pretty epic. Um, There's a one week free trial there as well. It's at bulletproofforbjj.com. Suss it out. If you do join, we'll see you on the Facebook group. Heaps of good stuff going on there at the moment. I actually asked a question on the group yesterday relevant to my experience this week, which was had a really hard jujitsu session, woke up tired the next morning, was meant to do some training. Uh, I didn't tell them what I did, but my question was, should I take the extra 45 minutes sleep or should I get up and do the session anyway? Oh. And I was actually blown away because everyone's like, dude, you got to prioritize recovery. It's really important. Take the extra <laughs> sleep. The extra session is not going to do anything. Wow. I'm like, man, wow. you guys are so responsible. Amazing. Yeah, I was expecting people to be like, poor harder, bro. Actually, Mikhail <laughs> was like, everyday poor harder. Yeah. <laughs> but case in point, there's community aspect behind it. You get support from JT and I. It's all there. Get awesome. We'll see you on the inside. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.